Wow. So apparently, if you slash the screen the wrong way, kind of exit the episode. Yikes. There's no room for her. It's almost like you just lay this on the table, grab a Bluetooth, and chill out. <laughs> I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. No, not at all. Not at all. No, I still like clear. it better. Noise is clear. I would still say Discord is the best one, but until I get a laptop, I can't pro- properly record off Discord. True, Discord is crystal. But uh, you want to hurry? You want to just uh, get started on the podcast? Yeah, because you ain't hear nothing from Justin, huh? Nah, either he's asleep, he's watching anime, or he's probably playing the ukulele. He plays a ukulele? That's what I said. Oh my god, he's going to get himself a nice foreign chick to marry. I'm trying to tell you. Congratulations. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He, he, it's good. He has such a great personality. He has has been written all over him for a very pretty lady. I can see it. He's already Filipino. I'm telling you, we're gonna go over to Japan, to Japan, to do an IWGP show, and that's where Justin's gonna find his wife. That'd be dope. He's gonna end up going to a Shimmer show and end up like mirroring like an Ayo Shirai. That's the crazy thing. I want to ring rack. Because, like, you hear the stories about groupies back in the 80s and 90s. I wonder if they're still the same now. Uh, I think it's... All you city to city and all that. I think so, yeah. It's kind of less big because, well, the business isn't as drug-fueled as it is anymore. But we can start it if you like, though, brother. All right, uh, I'll just end. Welcome to the bunch of smart bunch of smarts podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am the incredible Drew Holiday, and I am joined by my partner, Mister Jones. Hello there, world. And we are here to discuss our predictions for NXT Takeover, New Orleans, and WrestleMania Thirty Four. Bout time is finally here. I suffered all year. But you know what, though? These cards does not look bad on paper. Well, I think I'm going to say this about the TakeOver card. I think the TakeOver card is probably the best TakeOver card on paper. Wow, like ever? Yep. I I'll say the first the first takeover Brooklyn was an amazing card, especially when you had that kind of surprise Liger versus Tyler Breeze match. Because how I, yeah, because how I see it with the takeover card, I was like, every takeover card has it's really good match, it's really good story match, it's great championships match, it's bathroom break match with air quotes because. It's a bathroom break match, but at the same time, it's still a match of the night candidate. And then you just have its match that's the most fun to watch. True. Let's get straight to it. Let's do the predictions. Name the match. Uh, first match, we'll name off the top. 
Shayna Baszler versus Ember Moon. Title or non-title? For the NXT Women's title. I almost have a feeling it's going to be like one of these nights that is going to be title changes. I think this might be one of them. How how I see it is... I don't think she's ready. She's green as hell, but I think they might give it to her. How I see it with... How I see it with Shayna Baszler is I can see her winning the title, but at the same time, it's like Kyrie Sane is still there, who's Kyrie Sane is most likely going to end up taking it off of her by takeover of Brooklyn 4. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Best elbow drop in the business by far. Top three elbow drops of all time. Oh, it's up there. I mean, it's- it ain't Randy, but it's up there. Like when I like when I first saw her elbow drop, I was like, "Did she just throw her whole body up in the air?" Yeah, that jumped amazing. I was like, "That, that's that's the type of elbow drop I need for my shooting star press." Let's do it quickly. Top three elbow drops, and then we get right back uh, to it. <laughs> Rapid fire. Randy Savage, Kyrie Sane, Shawn Michaels. I agree totally. What's the next match? Oh, no, who you got? Uh, Ember Moon or Shayna Baszler? I'm going to say Shayna Baszler. I think think it's her time. I don't think it should be, if that makes sense. Because I I see Ember Moon going up to the main roster right after. Me too. Because what I see with Ember... Her and Oscar, they got to fight. It's actually... The thing I really love about NXT with its stories that Triple H and who helps him with the and his booking team for NXT, they really think everything out, every single detail. Not just story not just storyline wise, but what could happen afterwards and what could happen when you get called up. You know the best thing they old school, they smart. They build up a fight. That's what made That's- boxing so famous for over 100 years. That's what made the UFC the number one thing now. They build up a fight without touching. I hate this in the main roster. Match, 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 pay-per-view match in the rivalry. You're not yep. supposed to touch to the pay-per-view. I say most of the time to build something great. It's kind of like how uh, Gato books things in Japan. He, like... He doesn't put it in like convoluted feuds. It's simply wrestler A has the title that wrestler B wants. They fight out for it. Okay, nothing wrong with that. I think is honestly the best. I think is honestly one of the best ways to book. Because yeah, you can tell. A- that makes it realistic. Yeah, you could tell a story throughout, like promo through promos and packages, stuff like that. But also, they tell a story in the ring, too. I agree. Like, just to have a just to have a little bit of a just to digress here a little bit. For I, for example, Okada, every single match that he's had in this title run, whether it be a filler defense or a big money show, he's always told a story in the ring. That's true. That's what 
Everybody's Japan Cena. <laughs> no, I think he's still Japan Reigns. Because Tanahashi back in the 2000s and the early 2010s, that man was unbeatable. I agree. You'd be lucky to get a roll. You'd be lucky to get a roll up on him in the G one. You're right. It's kind. Of, it's so funny when you. Match. My bad. The next, the next match is the Oscars of Pain versus Undisputed Era, which is going to be Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole this time. The return of Future Shock. Oh yeah, Fish hurt, huh? Bobby Fish hurt, huh? Yeah, Bobby Fish got hurt uh, a few weeks ago. How about Adam Cole doing double duty? Yep. It might be his night, baby. That's what I'm hoping for. And it's going to be, it's a triple threat with Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong in it, too. Ooh. They're going to implode, though. They yeah, that's why. For the UK title. Give me Adam Cole. I think it's his night. He's going to win both. We'll talk about the other match, but I'm telling you already, he's going to win both. Because this is what I'm thinking is going to happen. It's really, it's kind of exactly like the triple threat tag team match last year at TakeOver Orlando when it was the Revival versus DIY versus Offers of Pain. Mm -hmm. Really what you could call Offers of Pain ascension to stardom, really. Because, yeah, they did win in San Antonio, but I think honestly, their match at Takeover Orlando made them in that triple threat match. Yeah. And also, when you think about it, this is their way of leaving, and this is their way of putting Undisputed Era on a pedestal, of showing that they're the best stable in NXT and potentially could be the best stable in WWE if you book them right. That's true. Do you think they're the best stable in the WWE right now? Honestly, yeah, I have to say it because like New Day's, one. yeah, really. I mean, New Day, I really don't count as a stable as anymore because they're all still competing. Exactly. Yeah. Guys. And I can't count the Shield because Dean Ambrose is injured. Yeah. They haven't debuted the other NXT stable they have going on the uh, house show circuit. What is Dean Ambrose coming back? Uh, I think he's. I think he's supposed to be back in. Uh, well, the worst prediction for his injury was supposed to be nine months. Okay. But I say it's Dean Ambrose. This is a man who used to wrestle in CZW, so you know he's coming back as fast as he can. Yeah, I have a crazy theory about Dean Ambrose. But we'll talk about that later in the prediction. But yeah, give me Undisputed Era. You got Undisputed Era too? Yep. What's the next one? Uh, the next one is the, the ladder match. Possibly one of the biggest matches of the night. Potentially the match that steals all of WrestleMania weekend. And I honestly think it could be a match of the year candidate. i tell you one thing. The new belt design, man, the more I see it, the more I'm in love with it. I think I'm going to buy one. I love that belt. Yeah. I, I, can't wait for Vel- I can't wait for Velveteen Dream to win it and make it purple. I, 
you know, I'm rooting for him. You know, he's been my favorite character for a while. I've been looking closer. Mr. Patrick Clark, a.k.a. the Velveteen Dream. It's crazy they try to give him that, that gimmick, and he embraced it and turned it to something great. Just like I the think... New Day did. He learned from the New Day a lot to embrace whatever garbage they give you. But it's Adam Cole's night. I think he's going yeah. to too. It's definitely Adam Cole's night. Who's all the participants? All the participants, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, EC3, Velveteen Dream, and Adam Cole. Oh, my goodness. EC3, man. He a dark horse to one or two. Oh, EC3. Everywhere I've been seeing this, people want EC3 to win it. I mean... Have you watched his? He was like the only reason to watch TNA for like the past three, four years. I'm a fan of EC3. People say, oh, he's just a guy. That dude could talk. He definitely can talk. People are like, oh, he believes his own hype. Well, that's really his character. I think everyone should believe in their own hype. Don't you want to be the best at anything you do? Exactly. Because I was like, when you think about it, he can, he has definitely room to improve in the ring because he's an average in-ring performer now or average at his worst. And he can get good when he wants to be or when he tries really hard. True. And also, he's already a really great character. What I honestly thought would happen with EC3 is I thought he as soon as he came back for the first few months, he would get eaten up by the NXT crowd. I thought they would have been doing nothing but chanting Derek Bateman at him and everything and just rejecting them. Nah, man. Some people just transcend that, you know? It's been complete. Exactly. It's been completely the opposite. But he didn't change his name, though. So he's still Ethan Carter. So you know what that means. We nah. might see a little TNA evasion soon. A Dixie oh, Carter, God. Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, GM of SmackDown. Oh, no. God. Jeff we'll talk Jarrett, about that. GM of Raw. How you like it? Either way. Oh, God, no. That's a that's a whole nother conversation for me to rant about on a whole different episode. Oh my god, yeah, you know, I, you know how I feel personally about that. I ain't trying to use too much profanity tonight. Watching myself here, gotta watch my blood pressure right now. You got you got a kid to feed. Yeah, now that's the whoop, but that's a BS <laughs> right there. That's like some officer should have said. <laughs> the kids are feeding the ass to whoop. Well, anyway, go ahead. But yeah, I think it's going to be Adam Cole. I want it to be Adam Cole because what I want him to do, Undisputed Era, is how I saw it would take over Philly with the Aleister Black versus Adam Cole match. Whoever won that match would go on to face Andrade at this show. I thought if Adam Cole would have won it, then Undisputed Era could have retained their tag titles. And also, Adam Cole could have won the NXT Championship, and they could have been the all-gold stable. That's true. 
because I think, I personally feel that Undisputed Era is money. I love Undisputed Era. I bought their shirt. They are one of my favorite teams because already Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole are my top 50 wrestlers of all time. One of my top 50 favorites. I love Kyle O'Reilly. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Everyone, he's honestly underrated. Adam Cole is just the one of the most perfect heels. Yeah, he has that sneaky heel persona. And Bobby Fish is. He has a lot of charisma. For him to be so young, he knows how to work the crowd, too. He's excellent. He definitely does. And he's one of those like heels that, yeah, it kind of it kind of puts like a toxic environment in the business if you call it that, by saying, "Oh yeah, he's that heel that everyone gets behind like a babyface," which isn't bad. But my the thing man, is, oh. this has been a problem in the WWE for umpteen years. It's not a balance, man. It's not a balance of food at all. Oh yeah, heels heels get the babyface reaction, and babyfaces get torn up by the crowd. Exactly, it's crazy, but that's how the way that's how it works now. Ever since Austin, Austin Bret Hart WrestleMania thirteen, one of the greatest storytellings of all time because of the double turn, but it was a gift and a curse because now it's like you cheer for the villain, we like the bad guy. That's the way of the world. That was late 90s period, though. South Park started to come out. Games like Grand Theft Auto was highest selling. That's how the world was, man. And it continues to be that way. It's crazy. Because, I mean, I can name every big, every, like, super big, super, like, wrestler nowadays, not just WWE, but just the world period who has Huge crowd reactions behind him. For example, Marty Scroll, guy who has a lot of the crowd behind him. Tessie Naito, guy who has a bunch of the crowd behind him. Velveteen Dream is supposed to be a heel. Adam Cole. You could say the Bullet Club period, except Cody, because Cody is the only one who actually gets heel heat. <laughs> It's easy uh, to hate Cody. I love him. Cody is amazing right now. Let me think. Who else is the Miz? Gets get some baby face reactions. Yeah, that's because as a heel, he had more leeway on the mic, and that dude, they let that dude cross boundaries that I don't think a lot of wrestlers can do. Yep. Because you also think about it from, I'm trying to say what else before I move on to the next match. The only two heels in the business right now who I feel like are super, well, big mainstream guys who are getting legitimate heel reactions as heels are Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, I can count him too. Tommaso Ciampa. And Cody. Even though I secretly cheer Tommaso. Tommaso's great. Oh, man. 
If that match they have is anything like the match they had at CWC, you can sign me up for a class. Give me my money. Just take all my money. I'm just going to pull all the money out of my wallet and just put it on the table. Pretty much. <laughs> Excuse me. But, speak. but speaking of Tommaso Ciampa, that's actually the next match that we can get into. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano in an unsanctioned match. And if Johnny wins, Johnny gets reinstated to NXT. But if he loses, he's permanently barred from NXT. Well, we kind of know how that goes with that stipulation. But at the end of the day, like I've been calling it before and I call it again, it's rivalry of the year, man. I think they're going to have an excellent match. They should be matching tonight. The ladder match might get it because all the high spots and bumps and you got a dude like Rick and say they'll probably do a 630 off the ladder. But yeah. at the same time, if you want to see hard-hitting, nice storytelling, good in-ring action, I think this match going to have everything. I, I will even say the older, this... even the older hardcore fans may appreciate this, people like me. Yep. What I will say about this match is I don't think it will only be match of the night, but I think it could be a top three match of the weekend. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. Top three match of the weekend, not just WrestleMania, but, well, not just WWE, but all of WrestleMania weekend. We're talking ROH, Evolve, Progress, Joey Janela Spring Break, TakeOver, WrestleMania. I'm talking... What I think the top three matches of this weekend will be Shinsuke versus AJ, Tommaso versus Gargano, and Cody versus Kenny. Oh my God, Cody versus Kenny this weekend? Yep. Ah, that's hard to argue with that. I would sneak this, and it might do something if it's done with no botches. Oscar versus Charlotte might be up there. I don't think they're going to botch. I think they might put on an incredible match, though. Because I remember the match that Bailey had with uh, Charlotte last year fe- last year in uh, 2017 in February. That was a great match. I mean, ba- ba- Bailey at NXT was a different animal. She was putting on classics. I don't know who this Bailey is now. I think she might give it, get it back, though, with this rivalry with Sasha. I think Sasha going to give her that fire back that she had at NXT. I mean, it was the perfect thing. It's a perfect person to get it back. Because at one point, man, and we used to talk about this off the air before we formed this podcast, when I used to say, Bailey is supposed to be the female Cena, man. That's how over she was coming out of NXT. Super, duper over. It's like she went there, the booking got bad, and she became stale. It sucks that they're not going to get their single match for the pre-show, but what I think they're going to end up doing for – actually, wait, I'll just talk about this when we're doing WrestleMania predictions. But, yeah, I have – I the stipulation makes it hard, but I have Johnny Gargano winning this match. Oh my God! Stipulation automatically tells me that Gargano is going to win. 
It's hard though too, because. But then again, you would think he can lose and just go to the main roster. Yeah, because at the same time, it's like Gargano. The if D, if people didn't already know about him from DIY, the people definitely knew knew about him after the Almas match. Oh yeah, definitely. That was a star making match. That is one of my favorite matches of all time. After I rewatched it. Wow. Top two, my top one in my top twenty five matches of all times. I don't know if I could put it that high, but it's up there. I mean, you you definitely got the older spectacle. You've seen a lot more wrestling than me. Bro, I wish you was alive going VHS, man. It would have changed your life. I had the old VHS. <laughs> I just never was allowed to buy them. Man. Libraries of tapes from NWA and stuff like that, man. I'm hours. Yep. I spent years, man, just chilling. Like school, go home, watch NWA. I've been watching for about like 10 plus years. How old are I'm 30. I'll put my age out there for the world. I'm 30. And I think I watched wrestling at least 25, 26 years of that. But the older I got, the more the library opened up to me, the VHSs from like family and all that stuff. And trading tapes when I was young with fans at ECW and all that. And I got to see a lot of things, man. A lot of things. This one, huh? This is why, like, I'm glad that the network exists because I refer to myself as the wrestling historian. I watch all the tapes and I watch all the old matches and I see the... Yeah. Sometimes I go up... Sometimes I go on like daily motion and stuff because that's how I saw Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, for instance, Flying Brian, uh, Super Bowl 1995. Classic. Another one of my favorite matches. Yeah. Flying because Brian. that's legit. Well, wrestling priest Brian Pillman, he was, one, he was a star, man. Brian Pillman is one of my I favorite of all right time. He died too. He beat Goldust, and Marlena was supposed to be a slave for 30 days. <laughs> yep. But yeah, that's a little bit of a of, of us and us digress digressing, folks. But just to finish off the Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa discussion, I kind of think it, the feud, what makes this feud even better and puts more gas on the fire is that Tommaso Ciampa was injured for us so long. Because without that, Johnny Gargano would never challenge Almas at TakeOver Brooklyn 3. He would have never challenged Roderick Strong for the championship at TakeOver Houston or challenged Almas again at TakeOver Philly. Yes. Johnny Wrestling, man. Johnny Wrestling. But then again, shout out to Triple H and the booking, man. Because in the main roster, if you're tight team partner down, you might go. You might not go anywhere. Yep. People might be stagnant in the card, like they're doing broken map. Because that's exactly what happened with the revival, but just uh, but, but that's a whole other. Oh yeah, that's so unfair. 
how the revival got treated, though. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Nothing different than what the Miz do every week, but they get scolded for it. That's another conversation. Which, yeah, like how I'm thinking is, I'm trying to think. Kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. I think that it was good that I would never wish injury on a man or anybody because Nacey Oter is legit one of the worst things of all time. Yes. In careers, brother. Yep. But at the same time, it helps the story so much because while Johnny Gargano was having the storyline of just redemption and trying to find it, we were all waiting. All right, when when is Tommaso going to come back and just rain on Johnny's parade? And that's why it got such a huge pop when Tommaso returned at Philly that he helped Johnny lose the career match. Now it's just it builds up the story because now it's like with that stipulation too of if Johnny wins, he's reinstated. Sanction too. I don't think they ain't non sanctioned. Yeah, it's unsanctioned. Okay, we're talking Michael Triple H SummerSlam 02. Classic. Yep. I don't know if it's it's good, but it's going to be a classic. I think it can be as good. That's an all-time great match, man. Nobody. Yeah, but that was Michael's first match after four years. Missed basically the whole attitude there, and then he comes back and wrestles like that in jeans, cowboy boots. Hey, it's gonna be hard to top that. Because the best thing about it is Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa have twelve years of in-ring experience with each other. Oh yeah, they best friend. I mean, it's like saying Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And this one, and this one already has such a great story behind it. It's totally a classic. Yeah, Johnny Gargano hasn't won a single takeover match since Toronto 2016, which ironically was with Ciampa. And I want to see him win it, and that's who I have for my predictions. I see, I see Johnny winning it from Tommaso, getting reinstated to NXT. Then the next night, if Shane McMahon can't wrestle with Daniel Bryan, it's going to be a rebel heart for that show. That would be cool. But for the final match of the TakeOver card, we have Andrade Cien Almas versus Aleister Black. La Sombra versus Tommy N. <laughs> Tommy N. Black mask, baby. It's hard. It's hard to predict this match, man. It. It. I honestly think all of the matches were low key hard. I'm kind of glad we're not doing like punishments for the predictions. We should though, but we'll do that for another pay per view. Definitely. It's like the reason why I see it being so hard is because, like I said, I pride myself in knowing so much about wrestling, and like. Being able to see what happens, but at the same time, still have that value, still value the uh, feeling of being shocked by a card. I mean, yeah. But uh, who would you who you got? We still got fourteen matches to go, brother. There we go. About thirty minutes. I see Alistair. Ah. Uh... 
Yeah, I see Iverson too because they're about to call. They're gonna call up CN. As long as they call up CN with Selena Vega, Selena Vega by his side, Andrade's gonna be. Andrade's gonna be holding that Intercontinental Championship before the end of the year. They got to. I was ADR with his mentor, and he taught him how to bring out the whips. Because, <laughs> I mean, Andrade seeing almost is like a young Eddie Guerrero. Wow. Sure, he doesn't have the mic skills in English, but, I mean, he kind of reminds me of how, like, Eddie Guerrero was with just... He can he connects with the crowd, and he doesn't necessarily need to be just put himself all the way out there. He just connects because he has that. Even he connects as a heel, he can get a crowd reaction now. Because Selena Vega, as soon as he paired up with Selena Vega, it was all uphill from there. That's when we got Lasombra back. That's when we got the guy who was the future of the CMLL. That's when we got the youngest Universal Champion of all time. That's where we got the guy who lost to who lost the match to Atlantis. But you know what though? I changed my mind. I take CF. He talked me into it just now. I would love to see CM. I think think it's gonna have to take Alistair more than once to beat him. They ain't gonna let him give it up that fast. It does tell a story because this was Aleister Black's first match in uh, NXT at last year's TakeOver, TakeOver Orlando. That was it. TakeOver Orlando. That was his first match was against Andrade Cianoma. Yeah. And who won That's that when match? Uh, Aleister Black did. Yeah, I got to see Because I know that that was the match that kicked off Aleister Black and really put him out there to people to see that and was like, all right, this guy's a real deal. He's really cool. And like slowly from there, Aleister Black just became the most popular guy in NXT. Wow. Andrade knows how to make. And it's... I'm not going to say he knows how to make a star because Alistair Black already legit is a star. That's true. So, before we get into the main card predictions and all that, right? I have some very breaking news. Now, it's in the mixed martial arts world, but UFC and WWE is so hand in hand right now, right? Is it the Conor McGregor? Yes. Conor McGregor is currently in police custody. Now, I just seen video footage of it as we speak. And this dude went crazy. All you see is like oh, yeah. dudes chasing him. He picks up a chair and throws it through a potty bus window. I was uh, watching it and it was TMZ Sports covering it after uh, they interviewed Daniel White about it. So apparently it was Conor McGregor and his entourage. And... Conor McGregor, I guess he got mad and he picked up the steel uh, buggy, threw it through the bus window. He ended up cutting and injuring one of the fighters 
he nearly broke uh, Rose Naramujas' hand. I think that's her last name. I'm probably butchering it. I know I am. But he ended up nearly breaking her hand, and he nearly ended up ruining the whole UFC. Yep. Oh, he banned. Dana gonna ban him, huh? He's lucky he didn't break her hand because Dana legit, legit just been pissed. He might. You think he gonna suspend? How long you think he gonna suspend? The suspension is gonna happen. How long you think he's gonna be gone? Man, that's a slap on the wrist. Conor McGregor is the biggest draw and is the uh, biggest. No, nah, that can't be a slap on the wrist. That's on camera. The world knows. He hurt a female, bruh. He's going to get suspended. I just don't know how long. I don't think it's going to be as bad as he's going to have to fight at Bellator from now on. But no, oh, no, they're oh, definitely not doing that. Conor McGregor wouldn't even take that. Best case scenario, he gets stripped of the titles. He already not defending them. I can see him getting stripped. I think he got mad because he got stripped of the middleweight championship. That's what Khalid and Ferguson are fighting over. Well, he's scared of Khalid, so he should have got stripped. Everybody know that. Khalid would dominate, take him to the ground, fight over. He needs to get stripped of the other title. I want to see that title defended. But, yeah, I mean, who are you going to fight? He already beat everybody in that division. That's the worst part. We could use a D. We could use a DS fight part three, but the DSs won't fight. And Connor is. This is the worst thing I said about Connor becoming fighting Floyd Mayweather. I already knew that Floyd would pass the torch, and then Connor would become the biggest draw. And as soon as he would become the biggest draw, he was not fighting the UFC. Yeah. That's because Floyd Mayweather was on the other side of the card, though. Let's be real. Floyd Mayweather, yeah. Mayweather just draw money. Honestly, the biggest draw is Canelo Alvarez, but he just ruined that with his recent crap. But that's another story. And yeah, that's Yeah, that's but that was our breaking news, right? Commercial break. Let's get to the main card. We don't got much time, right? But just to, but just to defend Canelo, that was because of contaminated meat. I think it's possible. No, I think it's possible because the that trace of that chemical has been showing up in a lot of athletes in Mexico's like blood samples, and it's all coming from the same contaminated meat that's based in Mexico. Hmm. So I think it's possible. But moving on to the main card, yeah, we got to talk more about that off the show. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I need you to spread that insight in other places. But anyway, let's get to the WrestleMania main card. I don't think we're going to talk about the Battle Royals because they're kind of pointless. Yeah, I don't care about them. That's, you know, bathroom break, order pizza, yada, yada. Because the only thing I see important, just the only spot I want in the female Battle Royale is when Sasha and Bailey to clear a ring so they can finally have their kind of one-on-one match. That's what you think? I got Becky Lynch wanna. I would I just wanna see Becky Lynch just get something. No, uh, they gonna have a one on one and Becky Lynch probably come out of nowhere and eliminate both of them. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. They just throw over this instead of throwing her over the top, she goes to the second rope. She hides for a bit. 
And as soon as they're done fighting, Becky Lynch comes and it turns into a triple threat. Yeah, I can definitely see that. That's what I would love to see. But to talk about the first match for the Cruiserweight Championship, Mustafa Ali versus Cedric Alexander. These, I'm not going to lie, two of my favorite wrestlers today. Cedric Alexander is just that guy to me. And Mustafa, he's been impressing me through. He's got he's he's got over with me through through this two hundred five live tournament. Yeah, it was his, his matches with Buddy Murphy and his matches with uh, Drew Gulak. Because before Mustafa Ali was like. Yeah, I knew he was good, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. But he's been great. I didn't think he was even going to make it to the finals. I thought it was going to be Drew Gulak. Yeah, but you know, they had that rivalry in the past, too. Yeah. Because I was really thinking, I was like, so you got the perfect heel versus face standard. And the heel standing up for his former champion. They're trying to put they trying to put on the show. Definitely. Did you uh watch the video that they posted on uh WWE's YouTube with Mustafa Ali cutting a promo about it? Yeah. That was amazing. It's gonna be a great it's gonna be one for the ages. I think Cedric gonna I know Cedric's gonna win this one for sure. I mean, it's a crime that it took him so long to get it. It should have probably been the first cruiserweight champ. I still yeah. remember his match with him and Kota Abushi. Yeah. Um what I see as much as I would want Mustafa Ali to win, just as a payoff to hard work, Cedric Alexander's gonna win it. This is time. It's definitely his time. It's gonna be a great match. It's gonna be probably like the first one not to be born or not to blow it. Yep. But uh, next match is. But I, I want to say one more thing before we continue. I can see it. I can see a Neville surprise shortly afterwards. I don't know why. I got that feeling. But I can see Neville coming back soon. If the match was on the main card, I could definitely see Neville coming back. But no, not not now, but soon. It's not on the main card because of this match right here. Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Ha! Let me tell you my secret confession of the day. You know Toys R Us is closing, right? I went to Toys R Us a couple of weeks ago. You bought the Nia figure, didn't you? Yes, I did. It is. I'm looking at it right now in my living room, sitting up on the mantle, man. You didn't at least buy that as like a disguise gift for your daughter. No, I'm a I am a Nia Jax fan. Always been. She's like a beautiful, awesome Kong. Don't get me wrong, awesome Kong is beautiful in her own way, but Nia Jax, that is that is the ace. That is the homie. It's her time. It's I'm just glad. Yeah. I'm just, like, glad that she's not as, like, green. Because this match will be okay to me. It's not going to be the best match of the night. It's not going to be the best women's match or the best match. It don't need to be. It should be a squash match for real, for real. 
No, I definitely. So that's why I think it should be on the pre-show, honestly. I just can't wait till she hit that Samoa drop on her. Over. Hers look like one of the. Hers like look like one of the most impactful right now. Hers Samoa drop kind of dangerous. Alex is legit gonna die from that. Yep. Next match is. Roman and his mystery tag team partner versus the bar. Bronze. If Brown won this one on two, it's gonna run on three of them. What I mean by that is a person of the caliber like Cesaro, a legend pretty much like Sheamus, lose to one man. How that's gonna make them look? That'll make them look so weak as tag champions. That'll be disrespectful to the bar. Now if Braun Braun Strowman in this position anyway, I feel like it's beneath him. I'm kind of mad he's in this position and they squeezed him in that. He should at least be fighting for the IC strap one-on-one with Miz. Yeah. At least. He really should be defending the Universal Championship against Brock. That's what he really should have been doing. Ah, if only. No, the reason why I say that is it's one of them classic cases of strike when the iron is hot. That dude was that dude's been white hat at one point for a minute. And they never pulled the trigger. Yep. That's a, that's a damn shame. No, no. I still think Elias could be his partner. <laughs> uh if they don't do the concert segment with Elias then, I think he's gonna be a stack team partner. Yeah. I can see Elias being his partner. Because all I see it is Braun's going to end up winning that. So just to move on to the next match. Uh, It's going to be move on to the SmackDown tag team match. The interesting one. The Bludgeon Brothers, the Usos, and the New Day. So you got? I got the Bludgeon Brothers. I agree with you. Because how I see it is... But you know what, though? I can see the Usos sneaking away with it. Yeah. This is actually the the Usos' first match on the main card. Yeah, give me the Usos. Yeah, I can see the Usos doing it. I just see the Bludgeon Brothers because they're white hot. I did not expect them to be this big. I just think like, they're going to be focused on destroying the New Year Day. They're going to be focused on each other. And I think the Usos just going to slide in and get the pin. Or, yeah. you know what I mean, the Blessed Brothers might just total destruction. Two days of Usos won the best feats from last year. Every match that they had was great. That's one of the best tag team rivalries in WWE in a long time. Definitely. And this is going to be a good match because Luke Harp is great in the ring. Every member of New Day is great in the ring. The Usos are great in the ring. Eric Rowan that can act, is actually good in the ring. Mm-hmm. It just it just lines it just syncs up perfectly. Speaking of syncing up perfectly, we have our next match. Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. 
This is going this could potentially be one of my favorite women's matches of all time. Easy. I love Charlotte Flair. I love Oscar. Uh, it's Oscar continues. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be Oscar. They can't end it just yet. It would be such a sour note to end it on. I know. Definitely. Oscar's winning it. And just uh, burn through some of these matches. We'll probably do end up doing a quick fire. So, Fatal 4-Away. Fatal 4-Away? Yep. Who you got? I got Rusev. Who's in the match? It's Rusev, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Jinder Mahal. Mm. You got Rusev? Yep. Mm. I'll give you Bobby Roode. Oh, if the only way I would love to see Bobby Roode win it is, is if he finally turns heel. Oh, no, that's WrestleMania. Yeah, 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 you're right. Rusev, definitely. I don't know what I was thinking. Because technically, this would be Rusev's first WrestleMania win. Okay. His first uh, though? Yep. Wow. Well, he won with the League of Nations, but at the same time, that was a team win. This would be his first singles win. Okay. He's only this is his like, well, this is his second uh non tag team match at WrestleMania. Yeah, same it was the other one we came out with in tank. A match he should have won because he was undefeated for a year. It's it's incredible that he's managed to stay white hot because Rusev, Rusev is great. He's, I, I love the fact that he progressed so much that he's starting to show his true character because Rusev looks like he's just a funny guy. Like he is. Up or down, down. He's hilarious to me. And on his Twitter when he talks about having sex with Lana, funniest thing ever. What? You haven't seen it? No, I don't be on Twitter like that. You have to check out his Twitter. <laughs> he drops like subtle innuendos that are hilarious. That's a funny dude. Like there was one uh time, just to hurry up, uh there was one time on I think it was it was either Instagram or Twitter, but he posted a picture of Lana with bruises on her body. He was like, hmm. I wonder where those came from. Oh my goodness. And that was like, this is why he deserves to be champion. <laughs> yeah, what's the next match? <laughs> uh, the, the Triple Threat Intercontinental match between The Miz, Tyler Black, and Prince Nevin. I got I got Finn Balor. You got Prince. Yep. It's his time. He needs another championship uh, run. He needs another thing to get off of the stigma that he'll never be another good champion after having to vacate the title on injury. Yeah. 
Finn Balor, like, uh, no, uh, Seth Rollins is one of the guys who's like, he can do without a title right now, and The Miz just had a baby, so it's like. Process of elimination, huh? Yep. I don't know, for some strange reason, I think Seth is, Seth is ready to have that title. It would be another good one for Seth. It's not. It's just yeah. going to be a title change. Yeah, that's yeah. I just say that title change. I agree with that. The next one is, let's see, rename uh, all the women's matches, rename the tag matches, rename the mid card title matches. There's Cena versus Taker, which I think is going to be Taker. What Taker? American badass Taker. Man, that's a whole nother podcast, too, how you feel about that persona. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I think that. It doesn't matter who won that match. I just be, I might just mark out to see it. I think Taker, I think Taker needs to win back, needs to go out on the win. I mean, the man's been in the business for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. If you his runs in WCW and smaller territories. This will legit be his last match ever. He deserves a win. Mm-hmm. Cena doesn't need a win over The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. The next match is the tag match between Ronda Rousey and Kurt versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. That's an animated event right there. You know what I'm looking forward to the most in this match? I'm looking forward to Triple H and Stephanie entrance. I know they got some epic plan. Oh, yeah. I actually never thought about that. You're talking about two of the biggest egos in the WWE. Man, they entrance the past two years. Stephanie been killing it with her little promos. They're going to have yep. a dope entrance. That's what I'm looking forward but, to. But it's obviously going to be Ronda versus Kurt. On that one, I like Ronda and Curtis and tag team though. But they need to do a double tap out spot at the end where they're both in ankle locks. I can see that. Or I would she love to While she did the arm bar, she got to do the arm bar though. They have to. They just have to do a double tap out spot. Oh, it's gonna happen. It'll please people like me who just want to see. Who just want to see uh, Stephanie get hers? I'm sure I tell you, she won't snap on that arm bar on somebody. It's over. But uh, the next match is a match I've been looking forward to ever since Shinsuke came to the WWE. Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles, the King of Strong Style versus the Phenomenal. I just can't wait to see their entrances. Yeah, I know. I want I personally want Shinsuke Nakamura to have a whole orchestra. You probably will. And how I want the orchestra to be. So I want the orchestra to wear a similar outfit to him every time when the guitar strums. That's he takes a step as soon as it does. 
So who you got? I, I, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Who you got? I have Shinsuke winning. Me too. Shinsuke deserves the win because I think Shinsuke can be a good champion. It's definitely a, it's definitely a rub that's needed for Shinsuke. He deserves it to get off that the bad stench of the Jinder Mahal feud. And it also just and it also just helps him. Because there's no doubt that he's gonna be big in the WWE when he retire once he retires. But there's also he just needs that huge moment, really. And plus, it just gives uh, it gives AJ his time to rest. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Who do you got? I'm really thinking about it. Um, Shisuke. We're talking about Shisuke, right? Yep. Shisuke got it. It's his time. And now, I think we might have forgot about a match, but if I forgot it's about it. It's going to be a classic. Way yeah, forget it's about it. It's the main event, baby. No if fans or but about it. It's going to be the last match. Whether you like it or not, it's going to draw the most money. It's going to have the most controversy. This is the main event. Brock versus Roman. Who you got? Roman. I like Roman. I like Roman. I'm saying that to everybody out there. You're in the comments right now, typing out your hate speech. You're probably disliking the video. I like Roman. Roman is not my favorite wrestler of the day right now, but I like Roman. I want him to win the championship. I want to see the universal title on Raw. I want to see him defend it. I want Roman to win. <laughs> you think they're going to pull the big swerve? Oh, no. You might see a Dean Ambrose sighting, a Dirty Deeds, a screw Roman over. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But that'd be I epic, can see that. If that happened, that'd be epic. I can see that happen after he wins. That'd just to, just as a closing moment, because we're about to wrap up. Right, so, yeah, yeah, Roman's going to win. It's, it's, it's destiny. They've written this years ago. Go ahead. But after Roman wins, after that one, two, three is hit, and Roman is celebrating with his title, we have Seth come down. Seth could either be the Intercontinental Champion, or he can't, or he's just resting, but he celebrates with his brother. And it's a big moment. Because this is the man who screwed him out of the title the first time. And all of a sudden, Dean Ambrose's music plays. And he comes. And once Dean Ambrose is there, he's in the center of the ring. And they're all doing the shield pose and everything. And as soon as they're doing that, you see all them smiling on their faces. And Dean's face changes to a smirk. All of a sudden, he attacks Seth. Then he turns at Roman. He hits Roman with a dirty deeds onto his title belt. He picks up the title belt and he holds it in the air. This kicks off a whole new era of heel Dean and a new shield breakup. You, you think so? Yep. It sounds perfect. 
I think so too. Oh, uh, one more thing too. I think Carmella's going to cash in money in the bank, but she's going to lose it to Oscar. She's definitely going to lose it. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time that we have for this podcast episode. We have been Bunch of Smarks. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on SoundCloud. And follow us here on YouTube. But, hey, thanks for all your time. Peace. Peace.